2: Nicola Everett.
0: Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, November the 25th. Coming up, we will have reaction to the shocking tragedy in the channel yesterday, where 27 people drowned as they attempted to reach the UK in small boats. But first, there's some breaking news that's just reaching us. A man has been arrested on suspicion of murder after a mum of two from Kent went missing. Alexandra Morgan was last seen at a petrol station near Cranbrook on November November the 14th. That was Remembrance Sunday and she hasn't been in touch with her family since. Well, we've learnt this afternoon that her disappearance is now being treated as suspicious and a potential murder. A photo of a car with a registration number MF55YHM has also been issued by officers as part of their investigation. They've established that that vehicle on Sunday the 14th and Monday the 15th of November made journeys between her home and towards the Hastings area. Well, a 40-year-old man from St. Leonard's-on-Sea has been arrested on suspicion of murder. Kent police officers are getting support from their colleagues in Sussex as they carry out searches in three locations in the Hastings and St. Leonard's-on-Sea areas. Residents are being told they can expect a heightened police presence in the area as inquiries continue. Well, Detective Chief Inspector Neil Kimber, who's from the Kenton Essex Serious Crime Directorate, has released a statement this afternoon. I'll read it for you. It says, it is completely out of character for Alexandra not to contact her family, and we are now treating this case as a potential murder. While we continue our investigation, I would urge anyone who may have seen Alexandra or her white Mini Cooper with a black roof to contact us if you think you may have seen alexandra or something suspicious but are not sure please do not hesitate to call and let us know you can see pictures of alexandra and a vehicle the white mini cooper that police referred to there within our story at kentonline.co.uk we will of course keep you updated with any further developments as i mentioned at the start of the podcast we are now going to move on to the huge tragedy in the channel which saw 27 people die after they their small boat capsized. 17 men, seven women and three children drowned as they tried to make the perilous journey to the UK. The French president insists his security forces are doing what they can to tackle the number of asylum seekers attempting to cross the channel. But politicians here say it's time for British authorities to join the French on beach patrols. Well, we're going to hear from a range of people on this issue today, including MPs and refugee groups. First, let's get reaction from Claire Moseley. She's from Care for Calais, a charity that works with asylum seekers.
3: We are just absolutely shocked, appalled, and it's, it's tragic um the people that we work with refugees by definition something terrible has happened to them they might have been involved in a conflict um they could have been tortured they could have been persecuted you know they could have seen their family died and a lot of them have had really horrendous journeys to get across to Europe you know their journeys could have taken months um terrible things happen on their journeys to go through all the things that they've gone through and then die here at our border um when they are In search of safety, they're asking us for help. You know, they finally got here and then to die at our border is just, it's just awful. It really is a tragedy. And everybody is just so upset and devastated to hear this news. Um, We've heard of these kind of numbers of people dying in the Mediterranean, but for them to die here next to Britain... It's
0: it's just devastating. And similar words now from Tim Nayar Hilton, who's the chief executive of Refugee Action.
4: Well, firstly, this is an absolutely devastating and heartbreaking event yesterday. Our thoughts go out to the family and the friends of those people who died, and also to refugee communities up and down the United Kingdom who are devastated by what's happened and also re-traumatised, as many of them made very similar journeys themselves. These are people fleeing persecution, human rights abuses and war, um, and yet they've risked everything. They've lost everything in their home country. They've risked everything, and they've they've lost their lives in the waters around this country. Um, You don't put your family and yourself in a boat in the busiest shipping lane in the world unless you're desperate. We should be making this a national day of mourning, but instead uh, we're not optimistic at the moment that the government will move away from its current position of promoting policies that punish people rather than protect them, that create none of the safe routes that people need in order to be able to seek protection and also continue to demonise the very people making these journeys. The Home Secretary just a few days ago talking about People just wanting to live in hotels in this country.
0: Despite yesterday's tragedy, more people arrived on the Kent coast early this morning. Pictures at Kent Online show a group huddled together and wrapped in blankets as they're transported by an RNLI lifeboat. The Kent Refugee Action Network is calling for authorities to agree on a fresh approach to prevent another tragedy. We've spoken to Bridget Chapman from the group a number of times and she's called for safe routes to be made available. And she's angry. Their warnings about a tragedy have gone unnecessary heard
3: we're really frustrated but what we want to do now is make sure that these deaths are the last there can't be any more you know yet another child has died off the shores of the UK we we cannot allow anybody else to perish in this way there are ways of managing the situation the government has got to step up deal with this
5: and I think it's fair to say there's been political disputes from both sides, from the French and uh, the British in terms of trying to find uh, an agreeable solution. Is it time for all authorities involved to, to step up and agree on a way forward?
3: You know, I'm not sure there's a lot of blame from the UK government or the French government for, for them not stopping people. the The fact of the matter is that France takes four or five times more asylum claimants than than we do. Most people who get to France stay in France. They make their claims there. There's a small number who want to come to the UK and they're entitled to do so. I don't know why we're looking to France to stop them when what needs to happen is that we need to be facilitating a way for them to make that journey safely. We cannot use our geography. We cannot use the fact that we're surrounded by water to say nothing to do with us. That uh, It's just not good enough.
4: Boris Johnson
5: says he wants to see more border patrols on um, each side of the channel. We've seen, I believe it's five suspected people smugglers have been arrested. Is that an issue that hasn't been dealt with well enough, clearly? I mean, it's been one of the perhaps root causes of this, and it's it's still something that hasn't been tackled.
3: I think the, the people smuggling gangs are a symptom. They're not the problem. They're a symptom, and they've been a useful set of people to blame and don't get me wrong I have no sympathy with people smugglers they're terrible people who take advantage of people when they're at their most vulnerable but it's been very useful for Boris Johnson to blame people smugglers because it it deflects attention from him and his government's failure to deal with this properly you know if we provided safe legal and regularised routes into this country We would kill the people, traffickers, business overnight. That's how you deal with it. What you don't do is more and more resources into France because you will make people, people will be pushed up into Belgium. They'll end up making longer and more dangerous journeys. We'll end up with even more deaths. That's, we've already seen where this takes us. It takes us to people dying, drowning in the cold waters of the Channel. We have to find another way.
0: So what is going to happen then? Well, Home Secretary Priti Patel has been making a statement in the Commons this afternoon.
6: I have literally, Madam Deputy Speaker, just spoken again with my French counterpart, Minister Garmelman. And I've once again reached out and made my offer very clear to France in terms of joint France and UK cooperation, joint patrols to prevent these dangerous journeys from taking place. I've offered to work with France to put more officers on the ground and do absolutely whatever is necessary to secure the area so that vulnerable people do not risk their lives by getting into unseaworthy boats. Madam Deputy Speaker, there is a global immigration, illegal migration crisis. As I've stated many times, these journeys across the channel are absolutely unnecessary. But as also, as I have been warning for two years, they are also lethally dangerous. What happened yesterday was a dreadful shock. It was not a surprise, but it is also a reminder of how vulnerable people are um, put at peril when in the hands of criminal
0: gangs. As you heard there, talks have been going on with counterparts over in France, and French President Emmanuel Macron has admitted that countries need to work together. We are going to ask for extra
2: help from the British because all these men and these women don't want to stay in France. We uh, tell them they're obviously able to do so. And there are centres in Calais and Dunkirk where they can go, but we're going to reinforce, in fact, uh, saving them at sea. Patrolling the
0: beaches is one thing, but stopping the trafficking gangs is another huge problem. They've been accused of treating human beings like cargo and literally getting away with murder. This man in northern Iraq, who's agreed to be called Randstar, charges thousands to help people flee the country, but he knows it's dangerous.
1: Before we move, we have a discussion with them. We tell them that this way is the death route. You may survive, you may not.
0: Well, finally today, let's hear from Dover MP
6: Natalie Elphick. Well, this is a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call that every day um, lives are being put at risk by the people smugglers um, making this perilous journey across the channel. And people are safe in France and they need to be kept Safe in France. And that does mean that we need to make sure that there are greater patrols on French beaches, that boats are turned around close to France where it's safer to do so, and that we take swift and firm action with the French to bring an end to this absolutely
0: dreadful situation. We will, of course, continue to bring you any further updates or developments with this story. Kent Online News. More news today and two men have been charged with attempted murder following a stabbing in Dartford. A man in his 20s was taken to a London hospital with serious leg injuries after being attacked by three men in Farnell Road on Saturday. A 20-year-old from Dartford and 22-year-old from South East London are due at Crown Court next month. An 18-year-old who's also from Dartford was arrested and released on bail. The Kent mum of two sisters who were murdered in a London park has called for the head of the Met Police to resign. Two officers have admitted sharing photos of Bieber Henry and Nicole Smallman after they were stabbed to death in Wembley last June. Dame Cressida Dick has apologised to their mum Mina who lives in Ramsgate but she says it's time for her to go. It's emerged a drug-taking ski instructor was responsible for the death of a leading cancer surgeon from Canterbury who fell during a trip to a resort in France. An inquest has been told the instructor was under the influence of cannabis when he put William Choi in an advanced level group before the tragedy happened in March 2016. The dad of two who lived in Littlebourne, suffered neck and spinal injuries. The guide has since been convicted of involuntary manslaughter. At Kent Online today, you can see video of a man stealing an Amazon parcel from a doorstep in Maidstone. He was walking along Sandling Road with a child, woman and small white dog when he stopped and took the package from outside a house. The victim says it's the second time it's happened in the last few weeks. A Kent couple are refusing to pay a fine for stopping their car on zigzag yellow lines near a school, saying they pulled. In to let other traffic past. CCTV footage at Kent Online shows a vehicle near Manor Primary School in Swanscombe appearing to wait for other vehicles that Katie Pender-Eccleston and her husband were handed a £70 parking fine despite saying they were never actually parked. Well, in a poll on the website, 89% of you don't think they should have been fined. You can let us know what you think by still voting. We have asked Dartford Council for a comment, but they said it would be inappropriate to make one at this time as an appeal is being dealt with. Now, a former care home in Gravesend has been transformed into accommodation for homeless people. The property on Routon Road will provide beds for up to 10 people who would otherwise be sleeping rough. Staff there will also help them work towards getting permanent homes. Councillor Jenny Wallace says it'll make a huge difference.
2: What this will do for our homeless people in, in Gravesham is to give them a the starting point. Yes, you bring them into emergency accommodation um, overnight, but this will give them 3, six, twelve months, even 18 months, and it will help them have their own front door, because they all have their own rooms here, and they'll be able to actually feel as though they're coming home and their own space, and then there will be staff here day and night who will work with them to actually help them go on to have a permanent home, but most importantly to have work and to have a reason to have some sort of structure to their days and to give them hope. Because homelessness can happen to any one of us. Um, people don't realise that it can happen to any one of us. It's not just some people over there. We are, we can all end up like it. And therefore it's so important that we as a council are helping our homeless people and helping them actually progress in their lives and make their lives full of hope. Um, and and have some sort of quality of life and not have to worry about well if I have a few pennies I could buy a can of beer and go and sit on the clock tower or something mm. you know they would want to come here they would want to sit in this conservatory or they might want to heat up a tin of soup sit in the dining room and they'll have their own bed, they'll have their own room and their own facilities, their own shower room I mean you know it's, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity and we, want, we will not rest on our laurels that's the most important thing. We're not going to say, right, we've done this. There are 10 beds here, 4 beds for emergency, so that's fine. We'll all walk away. No, no way. We are going to nurture this and we're going to make it grow and we're going to keep that message going so that people will understand that we want to help those who are most in need. It's so important.
0: 40 people who were homeless in the area at the start of the pandemic were placed into temporary accommodation. We're told none are reported to have returned to the streets.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: A number of people waiting for treatment at Kent's hospitals is increased by almost a third in the past 12 months, according to figures seen by the Kent Online podcast. Nearly 150,000 patients were waiting for elective surgery or other procedures in September. That's over 35,000 more than 12 months earlier. Over 5,500 have been on a waiting list for more than a year. You can see a breakdown of the stats for the hospital trust covering where you live at Kent Online. It's feared there could be a rise in crime at a Kent park, which has been left in darkness for two weeks. The streetlights in Payers Park in Folkestone and the nearby car park have been off since the 10th of November. Residents are worried about people's safety. The council say they're working with the energy supplier to resolve the problem. Pledges are being made in Kent to end violence against women on white ribbon Day. The global campaign encourages men and boys in particular to take action to change behaviour that leads to abuse and violence. This year, campaigners will use the hashtag AllMenCan in the wake of the murder of Sarah Everard by Wayne Cousins from Deal, who at the time was a serving Met police officer. There's going to be an entire weekend of closures at the Stockbury Roundabout next month. Work will be carried out to move utility pipes in preparation for a new £92 million flyover. The M2 bound exit and entry slips at Junction 5 will be shut on the 4th and 5th of December. Now, pupils who managed to raise a staggering £16,000 to replace every single light bulb in their school for an LED one have won a top award. Students at Sir Roger Manwood's in Sandwich did sponsored runs, walks and cycles throughout the pandemic. It's thought changing the 500 bulbs will save around £5,000 a year and reduce the amount of carbon being released into the atmosphere. David Anderson is a geography teacher at the school and told us how it all came about.
1: Well, we started off with an idea that we would just change over the lights of our science block. And then we got involved with some other organisations, a charity that aimed to support us. And we suddenly got very ambitious and decided to change over the whole school's LEDs. And we have. We raised enough money to achieve that. It was £16,000 in the end by the end of our campaign.
0: So, I mean, that's certainly not cheap. And tell us how many bulbs it was that you, you I'm sure as you were starting to count, you're thinking, oh goodness, how well, are we going to do
1: this? Yeah, I didn't count them. The students came in and worked with our premises team to count them. And it ended up over 500, around 550 bulbs in total that, that need to be changed. And most of them are now being changed, just a few to go.
0: Fantastic. Tell us why it is so important to change to LED.
1: Well... From an energy efficiency point of view, so the LEDs use about one third of the electricity of normal bulbs and as a school we were slowly, slowly changing them and we were just really keen to get the students involved in making a difference.
0: And what will it mean financially for the school, although it's cost you a lot of money initially, will it benefit you in the long term?
1: Well, of course, we've been very, be- we've been very grateful, for, grateful for all of the uh, donations that we've got. So in that respect, our community has really helped us out, but it will save the school around £5,000 a year on their electricity bills.
0: And as far as uh, helping the environment and those sorts of things, how engaged do you think the students are in that sort of thing? It's a huge topic at the moment, isn't it?
1: Well, it's been lovely. So the whole campaign was, was actually more than just the students. The students were the heart of it, but actually I engaged the parents, engaged the old boys and girls of the school, engaged the teachers. So it was the students' enthusiasm to make it happen that engaged everybody else.
2: Joshua,
0: Alana and Lottie are pupils there.
2: And for Earth Day, I designed a flag that, and it was made out of recycled tent material. and the leaf on the flag represents our efforts to make the school more green. Um, Me and my sister walked uh, almost 30 miles. Um, We did it in about 10 hours. Um, And we got our family to raise money for it, uh, sponsoring us. Uh, I think it was mostly they didn't believe we could do it, so they they, uh, gave us a lot of money if we managed (laughs) to do it. I'm a vegetarian myself, and um, I think I started like really, like being encouraged to care about the environment with Greta Thunberg. And you can find details of the other
0: winners from the Green School Awards at Kent Online and huge congratulations to all the schools that took part. Blue Water have confirmed their Christmas opening hours. They're being extended over the festive period so you can shop for longer. There'll also be a number of seasonal pop-up stores. We've got the full details at Kent Online. And we'll find out later if a drag queen from Tunbridge Wells is going to be crowned the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Crystal Versace was just 19 when they filmed the series earlier this year, making her the youngest ever contestant to reach the final she's up against two other drag queens
1: Kent Online Sport.
0: Former Sports Minister and Kent MP Tracy Crouch says it's vital football is protected for future generations. After a fan-led review into its governance was published, 47 suggestions have been put forward aimed at spreading finances throughout the football pyramid and ensuring the sport is sustainable. The Chatham and Aylesford rep says the recommendations would have saved some clubs from going out of business.
5: I think it's really important that we, rem- we remember why it is that we got to this position position. position in the first place and football has been lurching from crisis to crisis now for well over a decade Uh, and that there have been recommendations in the past for football to reform itself and it just hasn't done it. It reached crisis point earlier this year with the attempt of the breakaway into the European Super League and everybody said enough is enough. And I think what we have set out in the um, report uh, today is very much a holistic package of recommendations that will ensure that football has a strong uh, and sustainable future going forward. The European Super League is something that triggered this review. I think it, it was a point where fans, and we saw them, you know, stood up and said, enough is enough. You know, football is not listening to us. It's not engaging with us on some really core decisions for our clubs. We've seen it elsewhere in, in other aspects, such as, for example, Berry disappearing uh, and, and other clubs going into administration. So I think what we're seeing is this, this need for, for better regulation Um, Not just from a structural perspective, from a corporate governance perspective, but also from a financial regulation perspective. So what we've set out in this package is a really holistic look at all the things that need to change in football. The independent regulator will be free from all the vested interests that currently run some of the regulation in in football. It will operate a licensing system which enables it to be quite agile so in the future where there are challenges or crisis then the regulator can adapt to those through the licensing system. Uh, It will ensure that there is proper prudential regulation uh, of football clubs. It will ensure that there is proper corporate governance of football clubs. ensure that there is a proper supporter engagement and involvement in the running. Of those football clubs and core decisions so there's lots of different parts that the football regulator can do to make sure that football clubs themselves are better regulated um, and are in a much better sustainable place for the future.
0: And in cricket, England have had a really frustrating start to their Ashes preparations with the final two days of their warm-up match completely washed out by rain. Kent Zach Crawley is with the squad in Australia but didn't even get a chance to bat. They have just one more warm-up match before facing Australia in the first test on the 8th of December. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the new ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do that, you need to subscribe just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe
1: news you can trust this is the kent online podcast